welcome everyone to another episode of the International Women's Day podcast series celebrating women within the University of Nottingham community. The theme for this year is Choose to Challenge. So the following podcasts all focus on what it means to challenge the self. For this episode, we move on to our inspiring alumni. So with a lot of help from Catherine Embry at University Radio Nottingham, we have interviewed several alumni from across the world on the challenges they have faced within their lives and careers. So in this episode, Catherine interviews and speaks with alumna Lukiki Kondama, who studied a master's in science focusing on biochemistry and genetics at the University of Nottingham. Lukiki is a principal scientist at the Public Health England. Listen to this podcast to hear more from our inspiring alumna Lukiki Kondama about her story to pursue a career in public health and what she had to do along the way to get the job she loves now and her tips on the challenges she overcame on the way. Amazing. Well, thank you so much for doing this. We really, really appreciate it. I'm glad to be a part of it. I hope it's helpful. (laughs) I'm sure it will be. To start off, can you just introduce yourself and um, tell us a little bit about you? Um, so my name is Lukeki Kaindama. I am a scientist, principal scientist working in the public health field in epidemiology. Um, and my interests lie in infectious diseases, healthcare systems, um, and emergency response, that kind of thing. I am a creative, not only do I like science, but I also like to dabble in um, the creative side of me, so doing things um, as a hobby, such as calligraphy or painting where I can, um, because it's something I enjoy as well. Um, I enjoy volunteering, and where I can, I volunteer um, as part of my church, I volunteer in schools before COVID and just going around talking about um, science and the path that I took um, and just trying to do a lot of uh, STEM ambassador work. Um, And I'm also a third culture kid slash first generation immigrant. So that kind of shapes um, how I view things as well. I think it sounds like you're pretty busy. (laughs) yes um there's a lot (laughs) that I get involved in where I can um I try to not keep busy for busy sake but I have a lot of interests um but then at the same time I also love to see my family and see my friends and keep grounded in that way as well and so the reason you're with us today is because you went to the University of Nottingham you're an alumni can you tell me a bit about your time at the university and what you studied Um, So I studied biochemistry and genetics at the University of Nottingham. I spent a lot of time in George Green Library and (laughs) QMC, if it's still called the QMC. It is. Um, And I have a lot of fond memories of um, attending lectures because a lot of my ideas about what I wanted to do in the future kind of were birthed at the University of Nottingham 
So um, I did, as I said, I studied the biochemistry and, and genetics degree. It was integrated master's, so I came up with an MSI ONS. Um, and I did a master's year working in um, malaria research with uh, Professor, I think she's Professor Rita Tawari, Dr. Rita Tawari. Um, so yes, I, I, have, I have lots of fun memories of Nottingham University. I still come to Nottingham a lot um, to visit friends up there. Um, and I enjoyed my stay. I stayed for one year on campus at Nightingale Hall, which was arguably one of the best halls on campus. <laughs> before I'd have to disagree with you. I'm, an, I'm a Hugh Stewart girl. <laughs> um, we can we can talk about that offline. <laughs> um, but yes, so I enjoyed I enjoyed my time at the University of Nottingham. Made a lot of lifelong friends who I'm still friends with now. Um, so it was a it was a great time in my life. Glad to hear it. And. This year, International Women's Day, um, the theme is Choose to Challenge. And I think that really fits well with this year. I think we've all faced various different challenges. What kind of challenges have you faced, either due to coronavirus or just things that you've adapted to this year? Oh, OK. This year, particularly, um, one thing that I've had to, a challenge that I've had to face is the same like everyone not seeing the people you love your friends um sometimes even your family um and i think we've although we've kind of adjusted that was a big challenge to get used to i think mentally it's understanding what is going on and the severity of the situation and then also what does that look like practically what decisions are you going to make what are the guidelines or the regulations um and then the impact of that, how are you going to overcome this, these challenges to maintain connection, to maintain um, communication, uh, and um, I guess it's a form of intimacy whilst you're apart from the ones that you kind of speak to all the time, the ones that you love. Um, so that's kind of one aspect in your personal, in my personal life. Um, and then the second aspect was in my professional life. So like I said, I work in the public health field um, in epidemiology, and that's kind of a field that has been impacted by um, COVID a lot. Um, and although I'm not speaking on behalf of my employer, um, one of the things that you have faced, or I have faced is um, working remotely. So moving from working in office to working remotely with your colleagues. Um, and then as things have you know, progressed throughout the year, the need to escalate. So in my team particularly, we've had to hire more people um, as the work increased. So what does that look like going from your normal day-to-day -day work to focusing on a new area, um, ensuring that you're properly staffed, you have the right processes in place, um, you are maintaining your team's uh, well-being, etc. And are there any challenges that you've faced professionally or personally, maybe not so much this year, um, that you wanted to talk about? Um, perhaps you were saying you uh, do a lot of work in terms of getting women into STEM, maybe something along those lines? Um, so I think one of the challenges I faced um, was getting to the place where I'm at or the field that I'm working in at the moment. Uh, I think when I left university, I had my science degree and I was trying to explore what this big bad world had for me <laughs> um, it, and to figure out what direction I was going to go into. 
Um, and I think one of the things at the time, because that was around the, I think that was around 2011, 2012, it was a hard time to try and get a job um, generally for a lot of graduates. So then trying to um, find where I fit and find the what I would like to do was more challenging than I thought. I think I naively thought, oh, I graduated, I'll be fine, I'll, I'll land into something. And that's not exactly what happened. So there was a challenge of getting into employment. Um, and I was sending out loads of job applications, um, wasn't getting anything back. Or, you know, if they did get back to me, it was the, unfortunately, you have not been successful. <laughs> Um, so then I decided to intern and volunteer. And so I signed up to loads of different agencies that were uh, trying to match students up for internships um, and also contacting companies directly, asking if they had any interning, uh, internships or internship programs. And that's kind of how I fell, fell into the medical communications field, which I worked in for a little while. Um, I kind of worked in a, a few different companies in this field um, but while working here it was a very different experience um, and I um, not necessarily the most positive experience working in that field and, and uh, I think sometimes you need to be aware of um, the, not only the field you're going into but what like the culture of the company you're working for and and things like that, which I'm sure they, um, the Graduate Services Centre kind of brief students on once they graduate. Um, but once I was in this field, I realised that's not the field I wanted to be in and gave me a lot of good experience because I was working with um, pharmaceutical companies, producing communication materials for them. And luckily enough, my um, experience was still infectious diseases. So um, I was... I still had a little bit of that science, but I knew I wanted to get into a field with, with more science. Um, and I knew I, I liked infectious diseases. I knew I liked healthcare, um, but I couldn't kind of pinpoint what that looked like as a career or as a job. Um, so one of the things that I had to do was identify exactly what I was looking for, even though I couldn't put a name to it, um, what were the things I wanted in a job or in a career or in a field um, and I spent a lot of time on Google to try and find out what this was and that's how I came across public health, I came across epidemiology um, I then um, found people working in the field so you know at different universities um, or different events, I would go to events, I would meet people, I'd ask them questions. Um, once I knew the field I was in, I used LinkedIn and would contact people to try and get their um, advice about what to do as this young, um, young early career professional. Um, and once I kind of had an idea I then also started to look at my skills to see what skills I had acquired, because even though even though I was in a completely different part of the science field, I still had a lot of um, transferable skills that I could tailor or hone in in order to make sure when I was applying to these, these places, um, I could um, highlight my strengths, my weaknesses, my experience, etc. Um, so 
through the process of doing that, um, I then left the company I was in, in that field, and I shift, shifted field. I then start, went to work in the NHS, um, and which was a great experience. It, I'd volunteered previously when I was young um, it, on hospital wards and things like that, but I'd never worked in the management side of the, the NHS structure. So this job gave me an opportunity to work in this field, boost up my healthcare experience, um, at the same time, I was still um, going to events. I was still looking for for jobs in, more in the public health, epidemiology field, um, and applying for them where possible. Um, and I didn't at that time. I also didn't have that much experience, but I was still quite persistent in making sure that I would apply because I knew that was a field I wanted to get into. Um, and then I got I saw a job opportunity in my current organization, applied for it, and thankfully I got it, and I've been there for the last um, almost five years now. And so I suppose what comes out of your story is that sometimes you just have to be really, really perseverant, even if you might not find the right thing straight away, that's not the end of the world. And I think sometimes it can feel a bit like if, it, if you haven't hit the nail on the head, particularly with careers straight away, that it sort of it's not going to happen. Yes, and I think I kind of got that sense as well when I, I left university. I thought it was just going to be you would land feet first in the place that you want and you'd be there and it's amazing and it's fine. And that wasn't my story and that wasn't the story of many people I knew. Um, and I think I was quite fortunate to have read um, a blog article, I think, about it had essentially said that sometimes you have to work at least one or two jobs before you land the job that you love or your dream job, etc. So for some reason that stuck in my mind. So I kind of knew that looking for everything in one place was not going to happen, if that makes sense, initially. Um, and I knew what I wanted and I knew, I, I didn't know what it looked like per se, but I knew where I, I, I thought I wanted to go and what I wanted to be. Um, and I, I used that and I just ran with it and I continued. And I think perseverance and resilience is so important, especially if you if you feel stuck where you are and you want to change. I know um, pivoting your career is not something that is easy, but if it's something that you want to do, it's something that is worth it, especially when you land where you, you want to land. And you mentioned there about... Um perhaps the struggles of finding what you wanted to do. Um, why do you think it's important that women, and particularly in your case, black women, are in the spaces that you're talking about? Why is it important that they're in the room? I think it's important that we're in the rooms we're in because we have the right experience and expertise. I think if you, if you look in, I remember when I was younger, in when I was at university, actually, they talked about, um, I think it was the leaky pipe. I'm not sure if that's the right term, but basically how women kind of drop out um, of, of um, the, the part of the pipeline to um, senior academic positions um, over the years. Um, and when I look back at some of the, my friends who um, I went to university with, we're all not, I guess, in the academia field, but we're all still in science. Um, and there are a lot of black women who have experience in the science and healthcare field. And I think 
it's important because we have valid experience, we have valid voices, and um, we deserve to be able to share our experiences, share our, our views in a space that um, is conducive for us to do that. And I think sometimes you find that um, as black students, as black women, sometimes navigating um, the university field is not um, as easy. We do face um, systemic and structural racism, even within the education sector, um, which can lead to some people being um, discouraged um, to continue to pursue um, a career in a particular field or even con continue to pursue education. But I kind of think that it's, it's important that we continue to excel because we can and we are already doing that. And it's important uh, because of representation to show other young um, black women coming up in university or in secondary school, uh, in primary school, that, you know, there, there are a variety of uh, career paths that they can take. They can be experts in, in fields. Um, you know, I'm fortunate to look ahead and see other black women older than me um, who are who are um, excellent in their field and such voices um, in the public health and epidemiology field. And that's representation for me and that's an encouragement for me. Um, and it's important for all our voices in this, these various spaces um, to be to be heard. Certainly. And you were saying there about looking into the future. And as we know, the last year has been particularly challenging for many women. How do you see the next few months progressing for you and what are you looking forward to? Um, so one of the things I'm doing at the moment is studying part time. Um, I'm, although I've got a lot of experience in my field, I'm also undertaking a master's in public health. So the next few months for me, um, I'm in my final year is just to continue, to continue to finish my modules and my dissertation uh, at the same time working full time. So um, continue to support my team and do uh, an excellent job in, in the work that we do on a day to day basis as part of this response. Um, and I think for me, what I'm looking forward to this year is finishing my course, graduating, even though it, it might look different this year compared to the last time I graduated, um, and gaining new experiences and expertise. I think the one thing COVID has shown us is um, plans are not certain, and there's, there's just so much uncertainty, even when we, we are deciding what we want to do and how we will do it. Um, and taking the opportunities where they where you can to um, invest in yourself, um, whether as a formal course or other courses, and that's not necessarily strictly career-wise, that's also things like hobbies, um, that's also things like create other creative outlets. Um, I know a lot of people during this time have discovered areas of themselves that they didn't know that they had. So it's a challenge to grow, um, whether professionally or pers uh, personally, um, and develop into, um, I hate to use a cliche term, a better version of yourself, but maybe a different version of yourself, um, which has this life experience and this new knowledge. I think that's a really lovely way of putting it, because I think a lot of people are looking at, obviously, all the terrible losses we've had this year, both perhaps in the form of what our plans, you were saying, could have been, um, or whatever it might be, but actually, maybe we just have grown in a lot of ways from this year. 
Yeah, I think I'm, I, one of the things I, I always say to people is no experience is wasted. I don't believe any experience is wasted. Um, and I think that perspective also comes a lot from um, just my background, uh, my varied background and my faith, etc. I believe that every, there's always something to be learned or gained from each experience. And I think sometimes that's hard to say because people do go through very tough and difficult situations or experiences. And I myself have gone through um, many of those in the last year, ones I didn't even think I would have to go through. Um, but what they've taught me is that there is something to learn or to be get even through this whole experience. I'm not the kind of person that wants to say, oh, by the time the pandemic's finished, you should have accomplished X, Y, and Z. Because uh, I think that puts unnecessary pressure on people. But if you have the time, if you have an interest, it can be an opportunity for you to utilize that time and build on that interest and, and, and develop something that you might not have had to do um, or had to you might not have had the opportunity to do previously. Um, because I think we can all agree we're all very busy and maybe COVID has shown us something about how we manage our lives or what we um, prioritize um, and the importance of maybe not having such a full plate. You were saying busy, you've got a full-time job, you're studying for a master's and somehow you're making time for calligraphy. It's very impressive. <laughs> well, I think one thing I've learned this past year is 24 hours is a lot of time, you know, um, and I don't think I really appreciated that the same way. But when you have certain deadlines and certain meetings you have to be in, you just have to make sure you're, you're maximizing the time that you have. But also, I think it's important to highlight at this point that there needs to be um, time for rest and recuperation and, and making sure your physical, mental and emotional health is, is prioritized as well. I think that's a good place to end up. Thank you so much for speaking to us today. Thank you so much for having me. It was um, lovely to, to meet you and lovely to just share a small snippet of some of my thoughts around what it, it means to navigate challenges. Um, and hopefully this kind of is enjoyable for the listeners on International Women's Day. Definitely. And I think your story is so inspiring. And I'm going to go and try and use the rest of my 23 and 30 minute hours <laughs> to go and uh, go and get some stuff done, hopefully. No pressure. Make sure you're taking lots of rest <laughs> as well. I think I've taken too much of it. I think that's part of the issue. <laughs> I fondly remember that as a student as well. <laughs> Thank you so much. Amazing. Well, I'll let you go back to, back to your day. I'm sure you've got <laughs> lots of things to be juggling. Thank you. Have a lovely day. You too. Lovely to meet you. Nice to meet you. Thank you, Catherine and Lukiki. Our very grateful thanks to everybody who's been involved in recording and working on these podcasts and specific thanks to Catherine Whittingham for the two interviews that she conducted with Her Spirit and with Linda and with Liz. To Catherine from University of Nottingham Radio who interviewed four uh, of our very inspiring alumni and has provided us with such interesting and engaging podcasts. 
to Rachel Green for all her work, both in terms of the International Women's Day events, but with specific thanks for these podcasts. And huge thanks to Mercedes, who's just been a complete stalwart uh, in terms of the technology. So thank you. Thank you to everybody for their involvement and commitment and engagement with these podcasts. And thank you again for listening.